BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. On June 18th at the Bread Shed in Manchester, Catch Pro Wrestling starts The Renaissance. Featuring the long-awaited Red Belt title match between Lizzie Evo and Chantal Jordan. In Lizzie's first defense of her now epic reign, Chantal looked to have the match won but for a foot under the ropes. It's been a long journey back to this point for Jordan and she finally gets the one-on-one clash she's been looking for for nearly two years. Will Lizzie's reign end just as it closes in on 700 days? Other talents featuring on the show will include Emerson Jane, Lana Austin, Rio... Ivy, Sapphire Reed, Lucy Sky, Debbie Dharma, Violet Vendetta, and more to be announced. June 18th at the Breadshed Manchester. Evo versus Jordan. Head to catchpw.bigcartel.com and use the code STARCAST for 10% off. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starcast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodnight, joined as ever by my good friend, Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how the devil are you, sir? I'm always good. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Always good talking to the friends and family of the Stardom Cast, talking about one of our favorite sub- subjects to talk about, uh, and that would be Stardom. Hence, that's why we're on the Stardom Cast. And Real quick, I just want to say thank you to the uh, many, many people that reached out to me on social media and or uh, via text message wishing me a happy birthday this past weekend. I greatly, greatly appreciate it and uh, makes me feel good that so many of you care about little old Matt Turner over here. <laughs> now, I hope you had a good day. What did you get for your birthday, my friend? I did. Well, they, it was, uh, again, I'm just, I, I'm so lucky because I have such a, I was born in such a great family and the family I married into is... Uh, 
uh, is fantastic as well as I have like two birthdays. So Friday the 19th was my actual birthday. So uh, I kind of accidentally got myself a birthday gift. Uh, Didn't really even mean to. I went over to a IVP videos, which I know is a place you frequent from time to time. And I got the uh, complete Stardom 2022 Blu-ray set. And it's, uh, I think, eight or nine discs. And I just ordered it maybe about a week or so ago. And it came in the day before my birthday. And uh, if you know two things about Stardom... single uh, stardom pay-per-view from 2022 so that means 84 pay-per-views <laughs> on this uh, blu-ray set and also uh one of my uh you know i've said it before on the show a million times and i'll stand by it one of the greatest single years ever from any wrestle company was stardom in 2022 um so i wanted to have that collection on blu-ray because i am a, a big fan of physical media so i kind of got that for myself and then uh i did post the pictures on uh, my social media and uh, if you do not ha- do social media and want to see these pictures let me know drop me a line but uh lily made me uh i got some lily art which uh was probably my in my 41 years on this planet rob probably my favorite gift that i i ever got to be perfectly honest she uh gave me she drew a picture of tam nakano and uh, julia in their gear from all-star uh, grand queendom and i thought she absolutely knocked it out of the park like she usually does and she put them on blank comic book covers and i'm gonna frame those and uh put them on my wall once i redo the uh her art room which is gonna slowly turn into my podcast room so <laughs> did that and then uh on friday night my parents took me out to uh, my favorite uh, pizza place which is about an hour away from me which is right around where they live so it was nice. It was me, my parents, uh, Amber, Lily, uh, and my best friend, uh, Jeff. So it was nice. Had some pizza, indulged in some all, all, adult beverages. And then on uh, Saturday, my mother-in-law threw me a little mini party where she cooked her famous lasagna. So uh, so that was nice. And um, yeah, it was nice little little two days there. And uh, it was nice watching some stardom from 2022 uh, on uh, fancy Blu-ray. So, uh, yeah, so like I accidentally got myself the gift. And then, like I said, Lily absolutely knocked it out of the park with uh, with those drawings. So all in all, just a phenomenal weekend, as per usual. Yeah, I did see the uh, the images she put onto Twitter. And uh, she has once again knocked it out of the park. They look bloody incredible. Um, it's funny you should mention watching wrestling in, uh, in HD and Blu-ray. Um, because do you know what wasn't HD and Blu-ray? The Hanukkah Mora Tribute Show. And we are going to be talking about that very, very shortly. What a segue. What a segue, brother. Oh, Matt Turner, I have got some things to say. Um, (laughs) But yeah, before we get into all of that, Matt, would you like to regale us, good sir, with what is going on in uh, in the Patreon sphere? Absolutely. So... uh... This might be the longest segment of the show, and if there's something that you want to add in or something that I forgot, uh, by all means, friend, uh, you know, tag yourself in, come in for the hot tag, and uh, you know, we'll we'll rock and roll express double team this if need be. So uh, this past week, we released not one but two alternate commentaries. Rob and I did the alternate commentary to Hazuki challenging Arisa Hoshinki for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Had an absolute ball, excuse me, as always, uh, doing the alternate commentary and going back and watching one of the best Wonder of Stardom matches in company history. And also, we uh, dipped our toe in for the very first time some All Japan action as the uh, Can-Am Express team of Furnace and Crawford 
take on the team of Kikuchi and Kabashi. So that was uh, the new thing that we did for the uh, the month of May. And that was, I thought, an absolute success. Had a blast doing that as well. And just yesterday, we recorded, which will be up on uh, Monday and Tuesday, we recorded the alternate commentary of Mayo Iwatani taking on Momo Watanabe from the 2018 Five Star Grand Prix. Again, another fantastic time as always partner fun calling those matches with you and then i believe this friday this weekend the suzu suzuki five-star grand prix uh from 2022 that complete review of her 12 matches that'll be up on the patreon as well and that's how we're going to close out the month of may now mr rob goodwin would you like to know what we have going on for the month of june on the patreon I would love nothing more, Matt. I would love nothing oh. more. Nothing would make me happier. What if I said you had to either, either I was going to tell you what we're doing in the month of June for the Patreon, which you know, or you can watch the Hannah Kimura tribute show with no hiccups whatsoever. Which one would you choose? Oh, that, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, but for now, seeing as the former is apparently not an option, let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Patreon. Like the Rolling Stones say, sometimes you can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. So Absolutely. Here's what, have, here's what we have coming up in the month of June for the Patreon members. The bi-weekly podcast, there's still, by the time this podcast drops, the voting will be done. It looks like it is going to be Himika's 2020 complete five-star run, obviously. She does make the finals there, so uh, that's going to be fun for me to go back and watch. And it also looks like the artist run from Mama Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Saki Kashima. It looks like those two are going to be the winners. It looks like they had kind of are, are pulling away here in the late hours. So that is probably going to be what is going to be on the uh, bi-weekly podcast. Now, for the alternate commentary, I did mention last week we are going to be paying tribute to the life of Hanakamura and the career of Himika. So... Uh, Rob and I will each pick one match from Himika and one match from Hana Kimura. So, Mr. Rob Goodwin, what is your Hana match? And what is your Himika match that we're going to be doing the alternate commentary on? So, uh, my Hana match is um, her Red Belt Championship match against B Priestley from uh, 2019 after she won the Five Star Grand Prix. And uh, I'm still torn between a couple for uh, for Himika. I don't know whether to do her challenging um, Suri for the Red Belts. Um, I don't know whether to do her final match from the five star grand prix against Utami Haishishde. Um there's about there's three or four. There's a my Himi and my uh, sorry my Himi versus ALK match from Yokohama. Um it's probably gonna be that one, but uh I'll keep you updated, Matt. So then what we'll do is to give Rob a little bit more time uh, so that he can figure out what he wants to do. That'll be the last alternate commentary that we do for the month of June. So um so, and again, if you want to influence Rob, by all means, you know, bother him on social media or, you know, because I, I, I don't bother him enough. So, so there you go. Rob has a couple ideal winners there. My Himika match is going to be different from the 84 ones that you threw out there, my friend. Uh, it's going to be my favorite Himika match will be her challenging Sayaka Matani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship at Stardom X Stardom from last year and if you do remember Himika was a last minute replacement because it was supposed to be Kyrie. Mm. we were supposed to get that big dream match and then Kyrie, I believe she came down with COVID symptoms and then Himika came in and uh, boy what a replacement that was my all time favorite Himika match 
And then uh, for my Hana match, we are going to be doing from the 2019 five-star Grand Prix. It will be her versus Momo Watanabe. So those will be the four matches we were doing for the alternate commentary. Now for our outside the box alternate commentary, I know we're going to the world of um, all Japan women's. Correct me if I'm wrong, right, Rob? We are indeed. We are going back all the way to uh, to 1990 and the all Japan women's. Now let me get this right. Wrestle Marine Pia Payad Wrestle Marine Piad 1990. Sure, from the 14th of November 1990 for that infamous cage match between Bull Nakano and Aja Kong. Um, one of my favourite uh, matches from uh, the All Japan Women's Canon, even though I can't say the uh, the show name, but it's something that I'm really looking forward to calling with you. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. And then for the roundtable discussion, we're going to be doing who our top five who we think our top five uh, all-time greatest women's wrestlers are. And it's not just subjected to stardom or Joshi. That's you know anybody in WWE, WCW, NWA, so on and so forth. So uh, we're going to be doing a countdown from five to one. That'll be our roundtable discussion. And Rob and I will be joined by probably the one of the most popular guests we've ever had the show, even though we only had around one time. Allison Danger will be joining us for the roundtable discussion, and she will be giving us who she thinks is the top five greatest women's wrestlers of all time. And I'm sure she will be delivering it in a phenomenal uh, comedic value. <laughs> she did when we had her on the show a few months ago. So we're, we had a lot of a lot of our listeners are asking us when Allison was going to come back on the show. And, uh, you know, we still have I still have to lock down everything with Carrie Silken and uh, Awesome Kong, Amazing Kong as well. Just we've been a little bit busy here on the podcast. So we're, we're you know, I have not forgotten about it. We will definitely be getting to all those interviews. So not a matter of if, just a matter of when. So that's what we're doing for roundtable discussion. And then to close out the month, Rob, would you like to let our listeners know what we're doing for our uh, What If segment? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, it is um, Forbidden Door at the end of June. Um, so we took the what if and sort of we decided to give it a little bit of a twist. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be booking um, what if stardom was a part of Forbidden Door. We're going to have six matches each, whether we use them as all singles matches, whether we use them as um, all multi-woman or whatever we want to do. We have got six matches to book stardom talent whether it's stardom talent versus stardom talent stardom talent versus AEW talent or whoever is in that sort of AEW new japan impact sphere um we're going to be running down our stardom matches for that as well which i am really really looking forward to because i took my ill-fated sabbatical uh from the podcast just before we could do our fantasy uh pay-per-view card so that was uh something that i regret missing so i'm looking forward to this one Matt. yeah absolutely now as we're recording this it is wednesday and uh aw does air on Wednesdays and obviously Forbidden Door is um, airing in a, I think about a month I know this weekend is Double or Nothing weekend as well as 84 other wrestling shows <laughs> so uh, there is a, a possibility that stardom will be a part of uh, Forbidden Door for real but the way we're booking this is if Tony Khan came up to us and said you know Matt, Rob please help me book stardom versus uh, AEW for Forbidden Door and basically what would happen is Rob and I would look at each other and I'd be like, Tony, not a problem, but you're taking us out for a nice steak dinner. And then we get to we get to ride in your private plane and we will help book you 
some stardom talent in AEW. So that's that's our approach to this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Whether this requires us to record a stinger before the podcast to set the scene, I don't know, but uh, I'm looking forward to that one, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking, you know, you take a look at that new $10 tier that we have. You get nine extra shows for 10 bucks. It's a little over a dollar an episode. That's absolutely crazy. And I know when we were redoing these tiers and, you know, we, we took a few months to, you know, sit back. We didn't want to rush it. I know our whole thing was we wanted to give double the money. Like we, if something was costing $5, we would like, would I pay $10 for that? If the $10 tier was $10, would I pay $20 for that? And I think I mean, we've had a phenomenal response as we're getting towards the end of month one. And thanks to uh, everybody who has, you know, upgraded their Patreon or the new Patreon members, but um, just a, uh, you know, you know, a standing ovation, pretty much a rounding applause from everybody on what we're doing on the Patreon is we were just giving so much on the Patreon and we thank everybody for your support and to uh, thanks to all the uh, the new listeners and new Patreon members as well. But yeah, I, I know Rob and I really, really value giving everybody more bang for their buck. Yeah, absolutely. And just on the, uh, just on the sort of subjective uh, new patrons. I just wanted to give a shout out to our brand new patrons. Michael Preble, I know that you uh, joined a couple of weeks ago, but I was off last week, so I couldn't give you a shout out. He even provided me with a tran- uh, with a, uh, with a guide, a pronunciation guide, because of my terrible track record in pronouncing people's names. Um, uh, so thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, Michael. And Lutkins19, as well thank you so much for being our patrons and to everyone that has subscribed to our patreon we cannot thank you enough huge huge thanks um but let's talk about some news um obviously those of you that follow stardom as regularly as we do will notice that stardom world has been uh let's say inconsistent with its uploads again um obviously it's been golden week which means that there was 485 stardom shows in three days or whatever um so obviously the uploads have been slow however as we record it is the 24th of may and the show from the 9th has just gone up so we are currently over two weeks behind where we need to be and i know that there was an absolute glut of shows at the end of last week as well so uh, we are going to be well behind what we are discussing but whenever they're uploaded we're just going to sprinkle them in to other episodes um and again hashtag pray for sunny because i imagine the bloke is working his fingers to the bone um but we've got a couple of things we want to talk about. Obviously, today we're going to be talking a little bit about the Hanukkah Mora show. Um, Pinks, we're going to be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, uh, their resurgent show, which saw the crowning of the first New Japan Strong Women's Champion. And uh, another tick in the box of Rob and Matt's predictions go hilariously wrong. Um, and we're also going to be talking about the one stardom show we've actually got to review which is from the ninth at eddie and arena osaka too and uh, finally it is a preview of the upcoming pay-per-view which will be taking place on the 27th of may and that is of course flashing champions with a double championship main event uh, with mina shirakawa taking on tam nakano so lots of things to talk about even if there aren't that many uploads. Um, let's start with uh, New Japan Resurgence. Now, this was a show that was interesting for a couple of reasons. 
one, it saw the formation of a belt that, you know, with the with the greatest respect in the world, I don't think anyone wanted, well, not wanted, that's not fair, anyone needed, I don't think there needed to be another title. And we, we've outlined this in, in detail in another podcast. Um, however, Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer has apparently stated that Mercedes Monet has signed an extension to a contract for an unspecified amount of dates, whether that is stardom and New Japan or whether that is just New Japan, I don't know as of yet. What I do know is that she took part at the Resurgence show from the 21st of May from Long Beach, California, the Walter Pyramid, um, in front of 2,903 people as one of the four women for this New Japan Strong Women's Title Tournament. Now, before I talk about these matches, because we're not going to talk about all of them, despite it being a pretty fun show um, from top to bottom, if I'm being honest. Um, Matt, did you manage to get to see these matches? I did not get to see any of them. These came out on Sunday night, and uh, by the time I got home from Sunday, uh, home Sunday night, I was exhausted and just never uh, never got around to them. But I believe this was on like a separate pay-per-view as well. It's not on New Japan World proper just yet. No, no, it's an actual pay-per-view. Um, so obviously if you have disposable income and you aren't already spending $835 a month on uh, stardom pay-per-views, I can recommend it's a fun watch. Um, so obviously the four women with Mercedes Monet, Stephanie Vacker from uh, CMLL, um, Willow Nightingale, and Stardom's own Momo Kogo. Uh, just a couple of things to shout out. Um, I thought Ian Riccoboni, Alex Kozloff and Vader Scott, especially Riccoboni and Vader Scott, I thought did a fantastic job on commentary during the women's matches. Vader Scott seemed to uh, seemed to be more familiar with the stardom product so it was really good to hear her insight into it. Uh, Mercedes Monet defeated Stephanie Vacker in 11 minutes 55 seconds with the moneymaker. Um, I will be honest, I knew absolutely nothing of Vaca before this show. However, she came out and a big pop, like this crowd was molten for everyone, to be fair. Everyone got over, all four women got over. Um, Mercedes Monet was hugely over. The noise was absolutely unreal. Um, but I thought Vaca was massively, massively impressive. And they had a really, really good high-paced match. There was loads of little um, spots in it that made it really entertaining. Um, but Vaca was the big standout for me, if I'm being honest, just because I didn't know anything about her. Um, and her and Mercedes put on a really, really, really good match. I actually gave it four and a quarter stars. Um, and then the second semi-final match, Willow Nightingale and Momo Kogo. Um, do you know what? I am absolutely made up for Momo Kogo. Yes, she lost here. Yes, she lost in nine minutes and 37 seconds. But she did herself so... She did... She got over so well in this match, despite losing her resilience, her athleticism, her speed. She's been trying to um, sort of hone the her variation of, of Mayu's Dodon Pa, so it's now the Momo Pa, um, which worked really well. She got a really, really close two count with that, with Willow Nightingale's foot just falling on the ropes. It was a really, really well choreographed spot. Um, and these two had really, really good chemistry. I'm a huge 
huge fan of Willow Nightingale. I think she's great. And there was a couple of periods in this match where her her power just seemed to be too much for Momo. And then Momo sort of got into the match more. She had the 619, which the crowd loved. She got a couple of really close two counts, the one I mentioned with the Momo Empire. And then, of course, there was one with the Hurricane Rana as well with a really close two count. And by the end of the match, this crowd went, eating her up absolutely eating her up but ultimately um and i think we predicted this well nightingale did end up winning with the dangerous babe bomb her gut wrench power bomb which the the way momo's head hits the canvas when you think that she's just been uh she's just been sidelined with a concussion after all-star grand queendom it was a little bit sickening i'm not gonna lie Ooh. but um I think she's okay. Um, And, you know, not mincing words, Momokogo is a pin eater in stars. Like, she's she's yet to really find that niche. And I, I don't think that's been disrespectful at the moment. She's She's lower on the totem pole in the grand scheme of things. But when you consider how well she got over, how well she represented stardom, and the fact that anyone that's watching that for the first time would think, you know, she's mid-card, easy. She really, really did well. The one thing I did find funny was the fact that the pay-per-view didn't have the rights to Momo Kogo's song, despite the fact New Japan own or Bushi Road owning <laughs> stardom. I, I don't understand how that happened. And the problem is, obviously, with it being overdubbed music, you couldn't hear the crowd reaction to Momo ah. Kogo, which was uh, a little bit disappointing. But if the reactions to the other three women were anything to go by, I'm sure she was over huge. And she was definitely over even more after the match. Overall, a really, really, really good performance by all women. Again, huge props to Momo Kogo, huge props to Stephanie Vacker, who I'm I'm now going to be actively looking out for. And if we can get her on a tour in stardom, I'd be very, very happy. Um, but that would then move on to the final, which would see Willow Nightingale take on Mercedes Monet to become the first New Japan Strong Women's Champion. And... You know, this this match, unfortunately, is going to be marred by the injury to Mercedes Monet. She took a spill to the outside. And the camera angle, I'm not sure whether it's her ankle or her knee, but um, she took a spill to the outside and landed funny, ultimately. Um, and this led to what I, what I sort of perceived to be a change on the fly with Willow Nightingale going over because if you read the Observer, what Dave said, I think he basically bluntly put it as they wouldn't have created this championship if Mercedes Monet wasn't winning it. Um, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that is basically his thought process. Um, Yeah, Mercedes had to be carried out of the arena. There was photos of her in the hospital afterwards. They both did extremely well, Willow Nightingale and Mercedes Monet, to finish the match. Um, but at the moment, I don't know how long Mercedes Monet is out for. Um, but judging by just the reaction to this woman, like, I know that I, I always enjoy reading the, uh, the diehard WWE fans who say Mercedes Monet has thrown away her legacy by leaving the WWE. <laughs> 
Sure. Sure, but sure. haven't but haven't haven't watched a single match. Absolutely. Like, oh, did you see the match of Mayu? No. How awesome was that Azumi Hazuki match? Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, that match that she had with Kyrie, her first match since leaving WWE. That was great. Yeah, I, I just saw the clips on Twitter. I'm like, then you can't, you know what I mean? That's like ma- me making a judgment on your favorite, you know, soccer football team. Like, I don't watch it. How can I do that? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, Rob, your team's terrible. What's wrong with them? I don't know. <laughs> what the heck? Ordinarily, mate, that's not a bad assumption, to be fair. <laughs> just just any just any day of the week, just what what's wrong with them? They're just crap. Um, but ultimately, this led to Willow Nightingale being the first champion, which, you know, we obviously wish Mercedes Monet a speedy recovery. However, the silver lining to this is that there's more of a spotlight on Willow Nightingale. And again, I can't stress how much of a fan I am of Willow. And, you know, maybe we'll see another match with a stardom wrestler. She had really, really good chemistry with Momo Kogo. And she reminded me very, very much, and it's not just about size, but she wrestles a lot like Viper did. Um mm. So that when Viper was in stardom and before sure. the dreadful rebirth as uh, Dewdrop, um, I'd like to see Willow Nightingale as that sort of powerhouse in stardom. I don't think it'll happen, but um, just keep an eye out for our what if because she might feature quite prevalently. Um, but yeah, overall. Yeah, we'll, we'll- what was the finish of the? I know Mercedes got hurt, but did like did they go to a countout finish or did Willow pin her? I, I don't know what the finish was. I think Willow pinned it. I I can't actually remember. I've made my notes, but I can't remember. And I haven't noted down how she won. But um, she de- it definitely wasn't a countout. It was definitely in the ring. I think she did pin her clean. Oh, um, which obviously is only Mercedes's second loss. Um, yeah, it it was. Look, when stuff like that happens, there's nothing you can do. We've seen it before in Stardom. We saw it with Mayu when she got injured against Tony Storm. We saw it with Tora when she got injured with Utami. Stuff like this happens. No one was at fault that I could see from the spot, and it was replayed to death on Twitter um, and social media. There didn't seem to be anything other than a completely innocuous landing, and Matt, as a wrestler, I'm sure you'll know, those innocuous landings are the worst yeah, again, that's how I had uh, probably the biggest injury and, uh, you know, knock on wood in 20 years of, of doing this was the one I had back at the uh, end of last summer where it was, uh, you know, my foot where I, you know, jumped again, I jumped up the top rope into the third row because I thought that would be smart at 40 years old. And I just came right down heavy on my foot and I couldn't couldn't feel it. And I wanted to finish the match and the tournament I was in, which, you know, obviously the doctor's like, yeah, no, no, not really. But uh, that's why I always say you need to really just go over respect wrestlers, no matter what they're doing, if it's a four minute match or 20 minute match, if it's a singles match or a ladder match, because they are really putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment. And I know I've said it on the podcast a hundred times, and it's probably gonna be on my tombstone when I die, which hopefully won't be for a while. But in the immortal words of Roddy, Roddy, Red Piper, uh, anybody that ring that answer that uh, answers the bell, I have the ultimate respect for, and it's a, another reason why we need to just stop being so harsh on every wrestler, you know, and uh, just show respect for them because you never know when somebody can get injured. It happens all the time when you go out there and you wrestle. Absolutely, and it's ne- there's never a good time to be injured, but um, when you are coming off the back of the run that Mercedes Monet is coming off, um, you've got to feel like. 
that's just a dreadful, dreadful timing. Again, I'm sure someone will be screaming at the podcast going, she's out for such and such a time, but at the moment I don't know how long she is out for. Um, it didn't look great, but fingers crossed people have recovered. I'm hoping it's not um, ACL or something like that. If it's her knees, fingers crossed she's okay. Um, but again, send on a positive willow nightingale has that championship and i'm looking forward to seeing who she takes on in her reign and how long she holds on to it for as well um obviously yesterday as we record was the 23rd of may which marks three years since the passing of hannah kimura um and we had our third um tribute show memorial show in hannah's Honor, which was entitled Pinks. Um, and this was held again at Corrigan Hall in front of 687 people. There was no English commentary uh, as an option to this one. I know Ian Riccoboni has done it. Uh, he definitely did matinee. I don't know if he did Bagus as well. Um, but the Japanese commentary was provided by Fumi Saito, Jungle Kiona, which was nice, and uh, Ken Suzuki as well. Now, Unfortunately, and as I sort of alluded to earlier, this show is going to be known for two things. One of which is just so annoying um, that it really did take away from the first hour of the show, which is really annoying. Um, And then one of them is just, you know, it's heartbreaking, like just heartbreaking. Um, Obviously, we need to talk about Fight TV. Now, (laughs) anyone that has attempted to watch this show, I don't know if they've fixed it now on the archived version of it, but when I watched it, it was dreadful. Um, The lag and the general quality was abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Now, the commentary was fine. The commentary is crystal clear throughout the entire show. But... The amount of... I don't think it was fixed for an hour and a half of this show. And I think the show was only two hours 40 as a total runtime. And it was laggy. I think you said it, Matt, that at one point it was like listening to commentary over still images. It's like a slideshow. And as someone who... Or as a company, I apologize, who is... You know, they are trying to cultivate wrestling companies to really build that Fight TV Plus sort of um, subscription, you know, they've had GCW and all these independent shows, you would think that a company like Fight TV would be able to do a better job than what they produced for the first hour and a half. Because And then then it just cut out as they were obviously trying to rectify the feed. I don't know what went wrong. And I'm... It upsets me because I know that it took away from the show and obviously the entire premise of this show is to remember and celebrate the life of the late, great Hannah Kimura. And, you know, I'm I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to refer to Hannah in the past tense because if this show proved anything, if that video package at the end proved anything, it is that Hannah still lives on in the spirit and the happiness and the memories that she left with so many people. So I'm not going to refer to her in the past tense. But this should have been a celebration. And all I read on Twitter and all I read on Instagram was about how poor Facebook, sorry, not Instagram, um, how poor the quality 
of this stream was. And honestly, Matt, I missed most of the opening match, the Battle Royal. Um, like, Minora, I think, did it get fixed? Because it was 20 minutes before we even had a match um, because of the opening package and obviously the words spoken by Kyoko Kimura. Um, I don't think it was fixed until partway through Minoru Suzuki versus Kyusai Hanakamura, was it? Yeah, it was like pretty much towards the end. And I know I watched this show, I think it was live like 5, 5.30 in the morning uh, Eastern Standard Time. So I w- I don't watch it until I came home from work. Uh, obviously, this you know took place on a Tuesday. So probably about 12 hours later. And I did see, I was on Twitter, you know, here and there, just getting caught up on certain things. And I saw our, our good buddy, Scotty, Scotty Wrestling. He was watching it live, as he always does. I don't know if that guy sleeps. I think he's literally on his <laughs> jokey clock. I was like, where do you, like, is there only, are we, I, last time I checked, there's only 24 hours in a day. Not unless he's cloned and there's more than one of them. I don't know how he does it. But I thought I'm just going ballistic on Twitter. Like, you fight, get the, you know, this is, you know, I don't know if there's any bigger Hanukkah fan than than, uh, than Scott, but he was really, really upset over uh, just the lag of it. And I just thought maybe it's just the live stream. You know, by the time it's, uh, it's done and over, with, it'll smooth out by the time I watch it. And then I, you know, the first match was from what I was able to kind of see and kind of piece together in my own imagination was fantastic. But by the time we got to the Minoru Suzuki match, I even texted you and I was like, I just want to soften the blow for you, brother. But just to let you know, like this show is really, really laggy and it doesn't clear up until pretty much match four, which, uh, you know, again, the first match was was really good from what I was able to see. I mean, I, hopefully they fixed the stream and we can go back and watch it. But the last two matches I thought were absolutely fantastic and phenomenal. And then, of course, the video package, you literally had a who's who of uh, of wrestling was there that, you know, put an absolute smile on my face. And then, of course, streamers. I will always pop for streamers. Uh, we had that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, let's just get the negative out of the way. I mean, it's really no fault of uh, really anybody's except for Fight TV. And I do watch Fight TV to watch the uh, Josh Barnett Blood Sports and uh, shows from time to time. And I have many, many of my friends as well as myself has been on Fight TV, you know, a handful of times for them doing some of the uh, local Northeast independents as well. And really, there hasn't been any issue. So I just don't know what it was. It's unfortunately it was a hiccup on one of the uh, the shows that a lot of people around the world were watching to pay tribute to Hana Kimura. But uh, yeah, oh, again, hopefully they have it fixed and we can go back and at least watch. Because again, this was a show that uh, some matches weren't for everybody, but definitely this first match certainly was, and it's definitely one that I would like to go back and revisit as it's uh, you know without being able to watch like a still slideshow. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, again, other than that, though, partner, you know, um, what do you think of the show overall? Other than that, this one felt more like a celebration than a memorial, which I was a big fan of. Um, you had so many legends and things. You just look at the people in that battle royal, and it just reads as a who's who. I mean, it was won by Jaguar Yakota, who for me is one of, if not the greatest female wrestler of all time. And she comes out of retirement. You've got um, people like Ch- uh, Chihiro Hashimoto, Kyoko Inoue. You've got uh, Super Delphin, who was, of course, Hanuk- one of Hanakamura's favorite wrestlers. Um, you know, you've got Minoru Suzuki wrestling. You've got Aja Kong in the main event with Sari against Mika Iwata and Mio Momono. You know, it was a who's who. And Minoru Tanaka, one of my favorite Absolutely. juniors of the early 2000s. And when I first broke into the business, 
first broke into wrestling again over 20 years ago one of the juniors that i studied the most was minoru tanaka and when he came out it took me a minute i'm like i don't want to look this up i know who that is and then once i started seeing him throw kicks i'm like i know who that is i was like literally just sitting on my couch by myself like oh my god this is awesome minoru tanaka's throwing kicks and he looks great and could probably kill me this is awesome Um, I mean, if you want an in-depth review, I can't recommend Karen Peterson's review on um, pro wrestling, uh, post wrestling, sorry, pro wrestling, on post wrestling enough. It's a really, really thorough, in-depth and well-written um, review. So go and check that out. But we got to see Aja Kong throw the Yurikan, which I love. Um, we got to see Death Yamasan, which... I didn't think I'd pop four, but there we are, especially when they said that um, Kiori Yodiyama couldn't make it, which I thought was quite funny. Um, <laughs> she just came in as Death Yama, son. Uh, they're not lying. They uh, lying. Absolutely. The three faces of Yodiyama. Um <laughs> But overall, I think it was it was a fun show, and that's that's a big thing for me. It was fun. You know, you mentioned the uh, the six woman, the semi main event, and that was uh, Veni Natsupoy and Suri versus Death Yamasan, Konami, and Rina. And it's always really emotional. It's, it's emotional anyway, but when you've got people who were so close to her at the time of her death, Jungle Kiona on commentary, who I thought did a fantastic job. Obviously, I do not speak Japanese. I have no idea what she was saying, but she seemed to carry herself very, very well and didn't seem to have any nerves whatsoever. You've got Rina, who, of course, modelled herself on Hannah Kimura, you know, was part of that Tokyo Cyber Squad, won her first singles championship in stardom with a move given to her by Hannah Kimura. I mean, it's just perfect. And then, you know, Konami as well, who was a huge friend of Hannah Kimura and had that fantastic informal um, and sort of unofficial Hannah Kimura tribute match against Julia at Dream Kingdom 2000 uh, 2021. It, it was a thoroughly enjoyable show. And the reason that was one of the reasons, should I say, that I was so annoyed about the stream is because it was the only negative for me. Like the show was really, really good. You know, the emotion of that video package, and I've got a translation here, courtesy of Karen, of what Aja Kong actually said at the end of the show, which um, it says, it's raining today. Those are probably Hannah's tears. And then she looks up and says, hey, Hannah, you aren't supposed to be crying today. And that's just Aww. like, oh, my God. Like, Aja, what are you doing to me? Um, and there's, you know, overall, it's it's just a beautiful celebration of life. And I hope that that is what, it continues to be because Hannah is such a vital part of so many people's lives, even now that uh, hopefully these continue um, and continue to sort of celebrate that life. Yeah, absolutely. And just a couple of things I want to touch upon. Um, I did notice that I guess walking into Cork and hall, they had a whole bunch of uh, Hannah's outfits kind of on display and, and I could be wrong, but I don't think that I am, even though I'm wrong quite a bit, mm-hmm. that it looked like Mercedes Monet, her outfit that she wore when she defeated Kyrie, which, uh for the IWGP Women's Championship just a few months ago, which obviously was completely modeled off of uh, Hana's uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad gear. I believe that was on display. So it looked like Mercedes either donated it um, or get, put it on loan. So this way it can be displayed in Cork and Hall. And if uh, if I'm right on the money on that, just just... The stock for one Mercedes Monet in my heart and my mind has just gone up even more. 
Um, I there's something I didn't even realize either, Rob. That um, again, again, we talk about our buddy Scotty Wrestling. He actually just started a podcast not too long ago on Stardom called Stardom Road, where him and his co-host Trent they they don't really do shows. They just look back at like certain careers. And he did a three part uh, piece on Arisa Hoshinki and a two or three part series on Ahana Kamora. And I highly recommend everybody go and listen to those. But I didn't even realize that uh, Arisa retired right around the same time that hana passed away yep and i know i didn't i it was like almost like back to back in 2020 and i didn't start watching stardom until early 2021 but i noticed on twitter like late last week when it was three years to the date that stardom uh the we are stardom account uh made mention that arisa had to retire there were so many glowing tributes and music videos and people just talking about their favorite arisa matches and then you fast forward to, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, where we're now on the three-year anniversary of Hana passing. Again, same thing. So many glowing tributes and just nothing, no negativity at all for either of these two. Obviously, Rissa, you know, she she's still with us. Um, but it just goes to show just the the positivity and the love that people have, not only for Arisa and Hana Kimura, but just, just stardom in general. We've noticed that since we've been doing the, obviously you're doing the podcast twice as long as me, as wrestling fans can be very, very toxic, but it really seems the stardom fans really seems like we're just one big whole community. And even if we disagree on certain things, we do it like very, very respectful with a lot of respect and a lot of love. It just really seems like stardom. I mean, maybe this is just me, just the positivity in me and the fact that I do everything in my life to block negativity out. It just seems like stardom as a whole, especially, you know, again, this past week with with all the tributes to Arissa and uh, to Hana, stardom as a whole, the fan base just seems very, very positive. And that just, you know, makes me love this company even more. Yeah, um, I, it's hard to disagree. I remember it was it was a rough week to uh, to say the least. I believe it was three days prior. I think she retired oh, wow. on May 20th. And then uh, obviously Hannah passed away on May the 23rd. Um, you know, the company did extremely well to come back from that. But um, obviously the whole thing with Hannah was uh, was brutal. And actually just it reminds me, obviously me and you were on uh, a rather big wrestling podcast episode yet to drop. Um, and we talked a little bit about Hannah. And uh, we were sort of asked about what had happened as a result of what had happened to Hannah. And it dawned on me that since her passing, I hadn't actually looked, hadn't checked, um, because as someone who suffers quite badly on a daily basis with her mental health, I didn't want to look back at it. Um, but I did I did have a look at what sort of things have come into, um, have sort of happened as a result of Hannah's passing. And we sort of said it's an ongoing investigation to to this day there have been three men arrested um in connection with the online abuse sent to Hannah and the first one i remember happening ju- just after and we talked about it on the podcast and it was just shocking that um uh, at the time in 2020, this sort of internet um, abuse was seen as uh, what is noted as a relatively minor offense in Japan. Um, and he was, the man arrested um, was fined 9,000 yen, which uh, those of you who are familiar with the conversion rate from yen to dollars, uh, that is 80 US dollars, 
which is uh, just unacceptable. Un- completely unacceptable. There were two other men arrested at different points in 2021. Um, there was, uh, I think one was fined $27,000. Another one was um, ordered to pay 1.29 million yen, which is about $12,000. Again, nothing really, but one good thing, and I say good thing, one reaction from the Japanese government. On June the 14th, 2022, uh, Japan's parliament passed a law in which online insults uh, were punishable by one year, and this was directly in response to Kimura's online bullying. Um, Offenders convicted of online insults can be put in jail for up to one year or fined 300,000 yen, which is about $2,500. It's certainly... Not a huge amount of money, but again, putting some manner of positive spin on it, at least there is some prison time attached to it. In my humble opinion, it is nowhere near long enough, um, but at least we are we are a way away from the $80, the absolute pittance that uh, this... I'm not going to call the bloke what I want to call him because we'll... Uh, we're a clean podcast, the Stardom Cast. Um, <laughs> Use your imagination, folks. Yeah. Use your imagination. <laughs> Just basically think of the lowest common life form, and uh, you'll probably think of what I'm thinking of. But either way, it was. I know that obviously, whilst we were on this podcast, we were talking about um, sort of where where it sat, and we were like, it's ongoing, and it sort of just triggered something in me, like actually. Where are we on that now? So I just wanted to provide a little bit of an update because, like I said before, that's the first time I've actually checked since her passing or since that first man was um, was arrested in connection with it, which I honestly cannot believe has been three years. But obviously, uh, as um, Karen says, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's special. And uh, we always remember Hannah Kimura and we'll continue to remember Hannah um, forever. Yeah, um, we pay tribute to her. We pay tri- tribute to her uh, every show, whether it's the uh, the regular feed or the uh, the Patreon feed, as we end every show by uh, using her, uh, her, you know, her catchphrase. So, uh, you know, we're do I think I think that we do a great job in our part, and a lot of people do keeping her memory alive. And there's a lot of newer folks. In the last, you know, four or five, six months that have uh, asked, you know, they're just discovering Hanukkah more again, passing away, you know, three years ago. So I think that she's somebody that's going to keep inspiring the younger generation of wrestlers uh, just, you know, based on her body of work and what she meant to pro wrestling. So uh, that's nothing but a positive. And then uh, just one last one last super positive thing I just want to make mention about this show. Tyree and that main event. I haven't seen her wrestle since NXT. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Good one. Holy. And I was, I only saw a little bit of her. I know that obviously we were supposed to, in 2020, we were supposed to get that, you know, dream match with her and Mayu. And then I believe she got sick or something. Then she went over to WWE. And then what I saw of her in NXT, I thought she was fantastic. And I know she came back against a match with Hashimoto. I have not seen it yet. But uh, and I know there's a lot of rumors that uh, she wants to compete for the IWGP Women's Championship, and she wants some matches in stardom. Man, if we get her in stardom, especially around the time of the five-star Grand Prix, Rob, I will be one happy boy, I'll tell you that, because she was absolute. all four women were amazing. 
but she was absolutely incredible. In my opinion, the MVP of the show. And uh, have you got a chance? Did you get a chance to uh, see her return match with Hashimoto by by chance, Rob? We've never talked about that. The Sariism show. No, I saw None of quite a lot of sort of hype surrounding the show beforehand, but yeah, I haven't. I'll be honest with the amount of wrestling I consume on a daily <laughs> and weekly basis, I just didn't have time. No, neither have I. It did make the cover of uh, last week's weekly pro wrestling magazine, so it had to be somewhat really, really good. So I'm going to have to go out of my way to see if I can find it. But yeah, I was just completely blown away with just how damn good she is. I'm like, and if we get her on stardom, doesn't even need to be on a full-time basis. If we get her in sprinkled in from time to time, like we did with Suzu Suzuki last year, oh boy, she can make some beautiful music with that entire roster. And I'm excited for that uh, potential opportunity there, good sir. Absolutely. Um, let's talk then about the one stardom show that we are going to be reviewing. And that was, of course, the Stardom Golden Week Fight Tour 2023 Night 6, which was subtitled as Bonus Show on the 9th of April 2023 uh, from Edian Arena Osaka number two in front of 519 people. I'll read through the results and then we'll sort of talk about all of the matches. So we open with a three-way match. Saki Kashima um, winning over Aya Sakura and Wakasukiyama with Saki pinning Sakura with the Kishkasai in three minutes and 55 seconds. Uh, we followed that with a tag match. Um, the Queen's Quest team of Miyawamasaki and Lady C defeating the team of Hanako and Yuna Mizumori with Lady C getting the pin with the giant backbreaker. We don't see Lady C getting the pinfall very often, which so that's nice. Um, tag team match then was the Donna Del Mondo team of May Sakurai and Micah winning over the Wingori team of Saeeda and Hanan with May Sakurai. <sighs> Getting a pinfall over Sayurida with the diamond elbow drop. <laughs> I literally laughed. I'm watching this, oh. and she hits the elbow. And obviously, you know, I'm pulling for wing glory. Okay, well, obviously, they need to be pushed, and hopefully they are because they're so good. She hits the diving elbow, and I'm like, man, I, I really hope that's the finish because I can't wait to hear Rob just groaning from all the way across the other part of the world. <laughs> I'm all for May Sakurai getting the win, especially because it leads to promos and May Sakurai's promos are incredibly entertaining. But you've got the guillotine leg drop. Just use that. Do you know what? Either that or just use your like double underhook face buster. You use that in the match. I mean, you pin Sayurida with it. She's a gorilla. She's not going to be pinned by your pathetic elbow drop. What's wrong with you? Anyway. It's fired up. He's oh my god. Up. He's fired up. He's hulking it up. Watch out. <laughs> um, eight woman tag match followed next with the Iweta Tai team of Mo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Ruwaka, and Natsukatora getting the victory over Club Venus. Um, Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, Zena, and Jesse with Natsukatora getting the pin over Zena with the Swanton Bomb in 10 minutes and 18 seconds. Um, we then followed with a six-woman tag match with the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Sayaka Matani, and Azumi defeating the God's Eye team of Suri, Mirai, and Amisori with Yutami pinning Amisori with the Torture Rack Bomb in 12 minutes and 16 seconds. Semi-main event saw the Donna Del Mondo team of Tekla and Julia um, defeating the team of Suzu Suzuki and Mei Seira. 
uh, with Julie getting the pinfall over May with the glorious driver. And then in our main event, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Sioriyanu defeated the Stars team of Mai Wiwatani, Kogama, and Hazuki with Tam Nakano getting the pin with the Violet Screwdriver. Um, so, Matt, if we can avoid that elbow drop, I'm very, very happy. Um, let's. Do you want to start? Which match would you like to talk about? Because I know we will want to talk about those two matches that closed the show because they were both fantastic. And obviously we had even more implosion in terms of Queen's Quest. But what would you like to talk about first? We'll, we'll spend the bulk of this little segment talking about the last three matches. But uh, just real, again, push Queen Gory. I mean, you know, obviously Mike is great. May Sakurai is getting better. Han and Sai Eater are so good. Push Wing Gory. Uh, as far as I really like what they're doing on these tours with the multi-person tag matches with Oedo Tai, as they're really giving uh, Momo Watanabe and Tora really time to shine, especially as a tag team, uh, whether it's a six-person or eight-person, because obviously they're building them up for their tag title match, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. So I just really like how they're doing that. But yeah, let's talk about um, the uh, the Queen's Quest team of Saikamatani, Yutami, and Azumi versus the Gazai team of Shuri, Mariah, and Amisori. Now, when I first clicked on the uh, little thumbnail to watch this match, and I was like, is there only five matches on this show? Because this could have been a main event. And then the co-main event comes up. I'm like, that could be the main event. And then the main event happens. And I'm like, oh, that's why that was the main event. <laughs> <laughs> These last three matches were great. Again, you know, Yutami, uh, Saya Kamatani, and uh, Azumi is my favorite trio in all of wrestling. But uh, Shiri, Mirai, and Ami, sorry, aren't fall, far off. And kudos to Rossi Ogawa, because when I saw this match started, I was like, this is clearly going to a time limit draw. And he totally hoodwinked me on it. I'm like, this has time limit draw written all over it. But I thought um, this was great. Again, the, as you said about a minute uh, ago, partner, they're doing a really good job just teasing Utami and Saya, just not getting along or they're off a step, literally to the point where Utami towards the end was kind of getting beat down quite a bit by the new errors, which is a really good way to uh, get the tag champs over even more is, you know, kind of having some double teams on one of the pillars of stardom to the point where usually when you see these Queen's Quest multi-person tag matches, when they're building towards the end, it's usually Aphrodite. Saya and Utami coming in to make the save, whether it's on, you know, Azumi, Lady C, uh, Miyu Amasaki, et cetera, et cetera. But they switched this up, and it was the team of Saya, Kamatani, and Azumi coming to Utami's aid, and then literally to the point where they had to put a double team, and then they did this really cool triple team, uh, double suplex, uh, uh, double stomp from Azumi spot to uh, Amisori that eventually then Utami hits the torture act bomb on. But I thought that was a really cool dynamic towards the match, giving Queen's Quest the win. But the fact that Azumi and Saya had to work better as a team and that Utami had to work better as a singles to get the win, which is something really different than they've been doing the past year. But uh, overall, I thought the match was great. I actually gave it four solid stars, sir. Yeah, I gave it three and a half. Um, uh, I'm re- and we talked a little bit about this um, in terms of on our Patreon episode yesterday. I'm very, very excited to see how this descent in the ranks of Queen's Quest is going to play out because it's worth noting that Queen's Quest are one of the oldest factions in stardom. I think there's only a Weretai that's been going longer. So uh, to lose that, if we do get a break apart and Yutama goes one way, Sai Kamatani goes another, and we do get 
this sort of division. It'll be intriguing to see what happens. I outlined what I think is going to happen um, on that Patreon episode, but it's always good to see that despite that, they're still so good as a team. So yeah. good as a team. And you're right. It was. <laughs> I did think it was going to be a time limit draw because they wouldn't want to put Amisori and Mirai um, on the losing team with them defending the tag belts. But then I had to remember that this is from the ninth, so it's like two weeks ago. So it doesn't matter. Um, they can build them back up before the pay per view. Um, I've got to stop. They might have already have. Yeah, they absolutely. Have. We just haven't. We haven't seen it. Who knows? Um, I mean, it's like the uh, the eight woman tag. To be fair, I was thinking it's a bit weird that they've given uh, Club Venus the L. Um, but then, of course, I was thinking, oh well, Tora needs the victory, obviously, because Tora and Momo Watanabe are going for the tag belts. And then I realized it's the 9th of May. You can do whatever you want with them up to that point. You know, you can easily build Club Venus back up, especially as they are one of the hottest things. It is interesting, though, and I know I'm talking a little bit about this eight-woman tag. It is interesting, though, that they are very much protecting, obviously, Mina Shirakawa, obviously, and Mariah May. And when we preview flashing champions, um, I think we are going to see the beginnings of, or the continuation of, should I say, a program for Mariah May, because it'll be Club Venus versus Stars, I believe, in an eight-woman tag. So we'll be talking a little bit about that as well. Um, Donna Del Mondo and Maysera and Suzu Suzuki is everything you'd really want it to be. In my opinion, Julia and Micah are the best team in DDM, but just behind them are Mafia Bella. Julian Tackler have got such good chemistry and they're both such different wrestlers as well because you've got Julia who's a brawler, you know, and works so well with Suzu Suzuki in that style. But then you've got that high speed exchange between Tackler and Maysera. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this match. And I actually thought it went by very, very quickly. It only lasted, I think, 12 minutes, 12 minutes, 51 it's a really, really quick match, and it's probably my second favorite match on this card, Matt. Yeah, I had I like the uh, the main event. I'm assuming was your favorite match, as it was mine. Of but course. I like this one. I like the uh, the match we just talked about slightly better than this one. But I completely understand why you'd pick that. And even after I watched this match, I tweeted something out when Suzu got in there. And a lot of times, it's the little things in wrestling that really, really pop me. Just the way you may, somebody puts on a hold or sells something. Suzu Suzuki, who I believe is only 21, she uh, starts off her match with Julia. She puts on a headlock. And when she puts on the headlock, she turns her outer wrist up and then changes her grip. And if you uh, if you take a look at the, uh, the bone that's kind of on your wrist, it's called the cutting bone. And what it does is, what she did is it, it rubbed up against Julia's nose to the point where you can see Julia was physically uncomfortable and it kind of almost popped Suzu Suzuki. Like she knew she was going to do that to kind of just get under Julia's skin just for two seconds. And I was like, that is such an old school, like 1940s, 1950s shoot style, catch style rest, wrestling thing to do. And something so small. And I'm like, she's 21 years old and she understood how to just put the cutting bone and change your grip on somebody's nose just for a second to make them uncomfortable. I thought that was great. And I was like, as if I couldn't love Suzu Suzuki enough. 
But um, yeah, obviously her stuff with Julia was great. I thought the May Sarah Tecla stuff was was out of this world, was fantastic. I'm completely invested in this May Sarah uh, high speed run, and hopefully she does get a uh, a nice championship run with the high speed division. As I think me and you have both alluded to in the past two or three weeks, that I think she'll be the next person, the next heir apparent uh, to Azumi. Whether it's uh, you know goes to either uh, Fukin Death or uh, Saki Kashima this weekend, and then eventually goes to Maysair. But I think she's somebody that can have a good six or seven uh, month run with the high speed division and keep it. I'm not going to say she's going to be at the same level as Azumi because that's just not fair. But she can be somewhat relatively close. Um, again, Tekla seems like you know we talked about it ever since All Star Grand Queendom where DDM they just seem to be ramping up the violence. Uh, even more. And I don't mean like a Weto tie, you know, uh, style violence where you're on the outside throwing you through chairs and hitting you with weapons. I mean, like in the ring violence and Tekla, these past, you know, five, six weeks just seems to be more and more aggressive with her forearms, with her strikes. It's I'm really, really intrigued to kind of see like this more violent, brutal character shift uh, with Tekla. Uh, and again, not only more brutal and violent in the ring, Rob, but more brutal and violent on the microphone, as well as uh, we'll talk about the uh, end of the show promo uh, that she uh, she cuts and gets right to the point with poor Natsupoy. So, but yeah, man, that match was great. I actually had it at uh, three and three fourth stars. Yeah, I had it for thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, Matt, I know you want to talk about this main event simply Ooh. because Tam's in it. <laughs> but Mayu, Hazuki, Koguma was like the MVP of the match. And Koguma was the MVP. Out. Yeah, Absolutely. she was oh, unbelievable. Um, I am looking forward, sort of jumping ahead. I am looking forward to the upload. There is a match, I believe, between uh, Koguma and Mariah May. And the Stardom Twitter account informed what? us that they went, they went to a sexy double count out <laughs> and then doubled down and said yes. That says sexy double count out. I am so intrigued to see how the, like, I can sort of, I'm, I sort of in my head know what Mariah May is going to be doing. But, like, this is so far away from Bear Pose Kogama that I'm so intrigued as to what this partnership is between Mariah May and Kogama. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to do a Patreon uh, alternate commentary that match with your partner. <laughs> You're kidding me, aren't you? You're going to do a video of it, me and you. That's what Philadelphia's going to be, mate. Me and you, sexy oh, count out. Man, look out. Look out, Brought City of Brotherly Love. Sound of Cass is coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Who needs an OnlyFans? Um, <laughs> anyway, wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Wrestling. Um, I mean, this, and again, this is this is not being disrespectful, but this is this is Stars A team in Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Kagame. Um, and they are a trio that I thoroughly enjoy watching simply because their chemistry is absolutely fantastic. You've got Mayu, who is this huge star, despite being just the doziest right. person in the world. Just being <laughs> Mayu. Um, adds to her charm. It adds to her charm. Adds to her gimmick, charm. Brother. I mean, this is a woman gimmick. that does a huge crossbody off the bus. <laughs> which is just insane. Um, you've got Hazuki, who no nights off Hazuki. She will. She's just so hard hitting, and that's so good with people like Tam 
it just works so well. And then, of course, you've got the high-speed stuff with Kogama, and she has such great chemistry with Natsupoi. And, to be fair, Sayori Anu as well. And I think everyone that wrestled Sayori Anu had really good chemistry with her. But overall, these six just clicked. It was a really, really fun main event. Um, and then, Matt, I'll let you talk us through that uh, that post-match, because Christ... Yeah, you know, as this match was getting towards the end, I was like, man, you know, Mayu, Hazuki, and Kogma, they're so good. I would love to see them challenge, you know, for the artist to start them chant. They don't just necessarily have to win, but I would love to see a challenge either on a pay-per-view or like maybe the main event of a Corican. And uh, I watched a lot of wrestling yesterday, folks. Literally, I went to work, came home. As soon as I came home, Rob and I jumped on the uh, we jumped on the old uh, StreamYard Discord there. We recorded a podcast. Then I watched the Hana show, and then I watched uh, the rest of this show. So as this match is getting towards the end and in my head, I was like, man, I would love to see them challenge for the artists of stardom champions. I'm like, who are the artists of stardom champions? I'm like, Oh, it's two or three of these people that they're in the ring with. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, a Natsupoi Sori new Kari versus uh Mayu Hazuki Kogama match would be absolutely fantastic. I don't think anybody would shy away from that, but yes, Tam Nakano hits the violent screwdriver on Kogama for the three count. Fantastic match. I actually gave it four and a quarter stars. And then Julia, Tekla, and May Sakurai come to the ring to kind of hype up their Artists of Stardom Championship match coming up this weekend. And uh, Tekla grabs the microphone and then uh, spills out to Natsupoi, bleep you, and looks at Soriano and says, bleep you. At this point, Tam is out of the ring. And then she points at Tam and, oh, by the way, bleep you. And then she gives the microphone to Natsupoy. You could tell it's very angry. I'm like, please, Natsupoy, do not. Do not stoop down to Tekla's level. Please do not. And thank God she didn't, Rob. And I was very relieved <laughs> that we did not get pouty mouth Natsupoy V2. So, No, absolutely not. I think Natsupoy is one of those people who you just look at her and think she's far too innocent to come out with such vulgar language. Um, I really love the sort of juxtaposition between the all-in Cosmic Angels of Tam and Natsupoi and the sort of periphery that is Sayori Anu. Obviously, post-match, um, we get a backstage segment and it becomes, you know, an in inverted commas, official that Sayori Anu is a part of Cosmic Angels and she sort of half-heartedly does the, uh, the delicious thing. I'm intrigued to know where that goes as well, but this trio of Julia, Tekla, and May Sakurai that's a really, really cool tree. I don't think they take the artist belts, don't get me wrong, but that match, I think, could be a sleeper hit for that show. Yeah, absolutely. Again, obviously, the uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago when they first announced Tam versus Mina. Again, I understand why they're doing it. Both very hot commodities, strike why the iron's hot. But you look at this undercard, especially this uh, Artist of Stardom Championship match, it's you have so many different things sprinkled in it. Uh, um, obviously, you have the rise of May Sakurai. You have the potential of pure violence of Kyrie versus Julia. And, uh, you know, I completely forgot to talk about on the show last week is uh, Kyrie about a week or two ago did make mention that she didn't want, she wants to work more dates for stardom. So obviously the Julia versus Kyrie match that we didn't get uh, last year is, you know, could be on the horizon and we're going to get it teased here as well. And, uh, Obviously, now you're sprinkled in this hatred that Tekla has for Natsupoy, which I'm like, oh boy, where are they going here? There's so many different stories going into this Artist of Stardom Championship match, plus the fact that all six of these ladies can go 
Uh, yeah, I think this can absolutely steal the show on what is a, a pretty top-heavy loaded card coming up this weekend. Absolutely, and obviously our rundown of that show is uh, sort of our main event, if you want. I just wanted to go through very quickly. Um, New Blood 9 has been announced. That's coming up on June 2nd, and is actually the next big show, really, um, after Flashing Champions. It's the week after, and the card for that show has been announced. So we have got a tag match. Wingori taking on Kohaku of Pro Wrestling Wave, and Ruaka, we've got a tag match with the return, possibly the most heralded return in stardom history of Sexy Dynamite Princess, and Waka Sukiyama <laughs> taking on Ram Kai Chow and Micah Ozaki. We have got the new eras, uh, Mirai and Amisori taking on Hanako and Aya Sakura. We've got another passion injection match, Nene Takahashi versus Mei Sakurai. That could be really interesting because, in my opinion, when it's come to these um, passion injection matches, Nene hasn't missed. So I'm very intrigued by that. Um, we have got the Supernova fifth match, the final, and this is Mio Amasaki taking on Azumi. And then we have got our semi-main, the future of Stardom Championship on the line with the new champion, Rina, in her first defense against Lady C. And then in our main event, and this is something that I'm massively looking forward to, uh, it's the New Blood Tag Team Championships on the line with Starlight and Karma, the champions, looking to get their second title defense under their belts against the Inaba sisters, Tomoka Inaba and Azusha Inaba as well. I'll try that again, Azusa Inaba. Um, and that's all going down June 2nd at Shinagawa Intercity Hall in Tokyo. Um a couple of questions, Matt. Obviously, we'll do a preview next week. But in terms of this versus New Blood 8, where does this stand? Do you think this is another good card? Um, do you think there's a couple too many throwaway matches? What's your opinion on this New Blood 9 card? Uh, New Blood 8 was my favorite of the eight. I was feeling great after I got done watching New Blood 8. Look at that, Rob. I'm I'm rolling here, folks. Look at that. Look at that, my friend. Uh, I thought New Blood 8, again, that, that was, was fantastic. And I love how they stream these free on YouTube. So it's like you really can't complain about the price. As long as you have Wi-Fi, which, you know, I shouldn't say because sometimes Rob and I don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you have Wi-Fi and, you know, YouTube, you can, you can watch these shows for free. And I think the production quality is really good. And they're giving a lot of, you know, that's why it's called New Blood blood a lot of the newer stars i'm not just stardom just joshi wrestling in general uh you know general really good look at you know a couple you know a uh, thousand people do watch these shows all over the world so it's you know it's nice publicity for everybody nice we get a zoomy on this card i think you know again miyu on masaki we talked about it seems like ever since her match with uh, sherry she's really really improving uh we know she had some starts and stops when she first started because of injuries and whatnot but it really seems like these last few months she's really really coming along and i'm uh, really happy to see especially the fact that she's in queen's quest that gives even puts a bigger smile on my face but uh, yeah she's gonna be wrestling her tag partner in o2 line and azumi just doesn't miss so it's going to be interesting to see how miyu is going to adapt because you know they're going to be doing some high speed spots in that match it's going to be really cool to see you know maybe if she can kind of hang with the zoomy a little bit uh and if they do some high speed stuff if maybe they put me you in the high speed division and you know come the end of the spring beginning of the summer so that'll be interesting 
Um, obviously, Rena versus Lady C, I think it's going to be a great match for. And I'm really interested to see like the size difference because Lady C seems like she's about a foot taller than Rena, so it's going to be interesting to see how they work that. But I'm sure it'll be a show stealer. And then, yeah, the main event, the Anabe sisters taking on Karma and Starlight Kid. Um, you know, this match was announced at a press conference. And as usual, Rob, nothing uh, good ever happens at a press conference. So they challenged him for the belts. And then uh, Tomoka Inaba decided to be, turn into Mirko Krokop for all about three seconds. And then head kicks Starlight Kid for like, no reason. It's like, you already have the match. Like, you're the baby faces. You know, Starlight Kid is supposed to be the big heel of the Weedle tie. So why did you, like, cheap shot her with, like, a Krokop head kick? But whatever, you know, it's a stardom press conference. I always get excited whenever I wake up in the morning. Like, yeah, the stardom press conference. 30 minutes i'm like what the botry are we gonna see next <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was brutal and clearly starlight kid knew something was coming because she stood up as well and looked ready to go i just don't think she was ready for just how hard it had been what the hell they got for the mask you know what i mean <laughs> oh my god absolutely the padding in those ears really saved her she proper staggered it was hilarious um but yes we will give a full preview of that match next week or that card next week however let's have a look at the up coming stardom pay-per-view stardom flashing champions 2023 from Ottawaward city gymnasium the card is as follows and what we'll do is we'll sort of talk about who we think is going to win these matches and so on and so forth we are going to open and again the card is subject to change and also the running order as well might not be quite right. This is just how it's uh, listed on the Stardom website. Um, so we've got Saya Ida and Momo Kogo taking on the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Miyu Amasaki. Um, Matt, who do you think is winning that one and why? Oh, you know, I know a lot of people are complaining that some of these the first few matches are kind of throwaway matches. But this is a good spotlight for all four of these ladies here. Um, I'm going to say Saida and Momo Kogo. Um, I think just base, I think maybe Stardom should take advantage of the uh, the big pops that Momo Kogo got here over in the States, and they should maybe run with that just a little bit. But again, as always, Rob, I could be wrong, but I'm going to say Saida and Momo Kogo pick up the W here. It would certainly make sense. Both the Stars wrestlers are, in my opinion, the more tenured wrestlers. Um, however, of the four wrestlers who has got something coming up in the next week, you've got Lady C. So does Lady uh. C get the pinfall over Momokogo? Um, she'll probably get it over Sayurida because, bless her, they are doing nothing with Sayurida at the moment. Um, I do think it would, it could be stars. I'd love for Sayurida to get the pin simply to do something with her. I think Momokogo, after a great showing at Resurgence, deserves a little bit of a push as well. Um, I'm going to go for stars, but it would not surprise me at all if Lady C gets the victory with her flash, um, her future of stardom championship um, opportunity against Rena at New Blood the following week. Um, we then move on to another tag team match with the Rebel and Enemy team of Ram Kachow and um, Ozaki, Micro Ozaki, taking on Suri and Aya Sakura. Now, this of all the matches, um, this one strikes me as the one that is a little bit throwaway, Matt. 
Yeah, it is kind of random. Uh, you have Sherry in there, who obviously, you know, arguably the best wrestler in the world, just coming off one of the best runs of the World of Stardom Champion. You have Aya Sakurai, who, again, the, these two rookies who just debuted, I'm really impressed with uh, Night In, Night Out, against a team that we really haven't seen since uh, the Triangle Derby um, with the Rebel and Enemy team. I can see I can see Rebel and Enemy. I'm going to see Rebel and Enemy pick up the win with Aya Sakurai, the rookie, eating the fall. And maybe they're giving the Rebel Enemy team maybe just a little bit of a push. Maybe they'll get a Goddess of Stardom championship match, which even though I don't think they would win, that'd be a fun little match. The New Eras versus uh, Ozaki and Ramka Chow. So I'm going to say the Rebel and Enemy team uh, get the uh, get the W on this one. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm of the same opinion. You've got a rookie in that match and as intrigued as I am to see the progress of Hanako and um, Aya Sakura, she's a rookie. She's taking the pin. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You don't have to deep dive into that one like we always do. <laughs> no. So we've then got a Queen's Quest versus a Weathertie six-woman tag match with Yutami Hayashishita and Saya Kamatani and Hina taking on the Weathertie team of Rina, Starlight Kid, and Ruaka. I would love for a Weathertie to win this, for there to be some miscommunication between Utami and Saya, or for there to be some sort of a Weathertie cheating, which leads to more sort of confrontation between Utami and Saya, maybe with Hina um, trying to keep the peace, maybe Azumi's at ringside trying to keep the peace between the two. Um, I feel like if you're going to have instigators of or people that are willing to poke and prod and sort of poke the sleeping bear a weathertie is certainly the ones to do it especially younger weathertie i feel like they're the ones to do it um i feel like even if queen's quest win a weathertie can do enough to stoke that fire between utami and sire um ultimately i do think queen's quest are going to win um but i i it's not the result I'm bothered about. I'm intrigued to see that that chemistry between Aphrodite. Is it there? Are Utami and Sayakamatani going to be able to coexist or are they going to fall apart even more? You know, it's interesting because you have Starlight Kid on the opposite side, who's obviously, you know, uh, one of the best in the world as well as Saya and Utami. So those uh, those interactions in the ring will be really, really good. And then, yeah, you have that interweaving story, which you're really pulling out my heartstrings, folks. You know, Rasio Gawa, you can you can take away Hana's theme song. There it is. If you have that on your bingo <laughs> card, you can, you know, you can give Nats a play a, a potty mouth and eventually I'll get over it. But if you break up Queen's Quest, oh, man, I will be I will be crying crying <laughs> if you take away or you you crack this faction for me. Um, yeah, I agree, Rob. And I think that, I mean, you figured, okay, well, you, t- I'm going to agree with you, excuse me, uh, that, uh, Queen's Quest is going to win. You figured, okay, Queen's Quest is going to get the W that it's probably going to be you, Tommy or Saya getting the pinfall. But I say you have Hina pin Rena. And then the next week after Rena, after her, uh, future stardom championship match, if she retains, you could have Hina come out and say, hey, I beat you last week. I'm next in line. And you can set that up. I think maybe that's a, that's a good way to go about it. And I think that's, what's going to happen. It would certainly work, especially as you can build a storyline of Hina being the only one and the last one to get that future of stardom belt, especially if 
Rina beats her and then we sort of do a couple of other challenges and then Hina comes back for that redemption story. I do like that idea. Um, I just think that the more pressing story... I mean, you can tell both stories, I suppose, especially yeah. with Rina tell, um, sorry, Hina pinning Rina. Um, I like that idea, to be fair. I do like that idea. But I think you could have, especially Starlight Kid, who was already sort of fractured Queen's Quest by stealing Momo Watanabe, it would be very poetic for her to stoke that fire between Utami and Sire as well. We've then got an eight-woman tag team match. We have got the stars team of Mayu Ibutani, Hazuki, Kogama, and Hanan taking on the Club Venus team of Mariah May, Jesse, Zena, and Waka Tsukiyama. This is the program that I think we are going to get with Mariah May. They have been teasing something awful that Mariah May is going to be the next challenger for Mayu Iwatani's IWGP Women's Championship um, because they just seem to have forgotten about the Nene Takahashi Challenge. And Okay. Um, I think that you could have Mariah May pin Kogama here and then challenge Mayu for the belt at the next pay-per-view. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what they do, um, especially as that is sort of, you want to keep Club Venus hot and you also want to give Mariah May that that chance to challenge, let's say. Yeah, I, I totally see. I think that's what they're going to do here. And considering the fact that you have the Stars A-team plus one, if you're going to say, okay, well, other than FWC and Mayu, who's the top person at Stars? It's probably Hannon. Yeah. So you're literally taking the A team plus one, putting them on this pay per view against, you know, pretty much the that the new kid on the block, you know, the new hot faction. And again, we talk all literally every week how much Mariah May is improving. We, you know, we all love Waka. Zena's really, really been impressed. I mean, Jesse as well. So I think this would be a nice little shine, win, lose, or draw for this club Venus team, the fact they're going to be in the ring with, you know, one of the, one of the top tag teams in FWC, you know, one of the greatest women's wrestler of all time, still in her prime Mayu. And then Hanan, who, I mean, the sky is the limit for her. Um, not to mention that it's just going to be violence because Suzuki's in the ring. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't matter. Suzuki's going to be in the ring. She's going to be booting everybody, you know, and poor club Venus. So it's going to make for something very, very interesting. And I really hope, that because uh, we've seen Zena really been able to throw some really good chops and clotheslines and boots. And hopefully we get some Zena versus Hazuki violence in the match. I think that'll be something that I think can really stand out and really help get Zena uh, over. But yeah, I see Mariah May either getting the fall on either Kogam or Hana here. I just don't think there's any way that Hazuki or Mayu is eating the fall. At the same point, maybe uh, maybe the fact that it is the A team of stars plus one, maybe there's like. Yeah, they're just way too talented. We're not going to have them lose on pay-per-view, and uh, we might be both totally wrong, which at least will stay consistent on this show when it comes to predicting matches, partner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't surprise me if Rossi Ogawa just goes, time limit draw! That's our time limit draw for the show. Although, let's, let's be honest, they aren't going to have two. And <laughs> it's almost a dead cert that that, uh, that that main event's going to want. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going for a Club Venus win. Like I say, I think they'll, uh, they've been building Mariah May. And I think this is the moment they pull the trigger on that uh, that first IWGP Women's Championship defense. It'll be interesting as well to see what show that takes place on as well. Um, we've then got a six-woman tag match with Suzu Suzuki 
teaming with Micah, which is interesting. Obviously, that Donna Del Mondo connection. Maybe Suzu Suzuki's going to join. Um, and May Sarah. Uh, versus Nene Takahashi, Yuna Mizumori, and Hanako. Nothing to say here. Again, just like before, there is a rookie on the other team. Unfortunately, as good as Hanako is for her experience level, she is 100% eating the pinfall here, and probably to Suzu Suzuki. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, that's and this, this again should be a fun match. You know, I'm excited for the violence of uh, Micah versus Nene Takahashi yes. and Suzu Suzuki versus Nene Takahashi as well. And again, Yuna Mizumori is somebody kind of on these the a few Golden Week shows that have been uploaded. Some of that I've been taking like a second look at. I was like, you know, I, she's kind of just been like somebody that's been solid and good and good enough. Uh, on the shows from last year into the beginning of this year, but like these last four or five shows that are on Stardom World, she's been doing a really good job improving herself and upping her game. It's somebody that I've been, you know, really looking forward to her matches. So I expect her to have a good showing here. But uh, yeah, this is going to be, uh, this could be another kind of like undercard match that we really look at. And said, oh, that match was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But uh, yeah, and we're, we're going to, it's going to be exciting to see what the uh, interweaving story of Suzu Suzuki to Donald Mundo is going to be. Considering the fact about two months ago on the show, uh, when uh, we were trying to figure out who's going to be like Himika's replacement in Donald Mundo, I did mention two names, Saeeda and Suzu Suzuki. And even when I mentioned Suzu Suzuki, I thought that you like hung up because you were quiet for a very long time and then basically scoffed at me. And now I think you're on board, my friend. You're <laughs> on board. So uh, there you go. I mean, you know, I, I might be the real influencer over here. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we then kick into our four title matches. Um, we start with a high speed three way with the champion Azumi taking on both Saki Kashima and Fuki can death. Um, why we are having this i'm I'm not entirely sure um it does seem to be a little bit random um especially as it would make sense or it would have made sense for maysera to take the belt off azumi at the previous show however here we are i feel like fukik and death is in this position so that saki doesn't pin azumi um but we'll see however I do feel like Saki's probably going to take the belt here. But I've said that the last three times Azumi's defended the high-speed belt. So who knows, Matt? Who knows? Yeah, I think it's just that they don't want Azumi to eat a pinfall here. Um, which, I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna crown a champion, crown them. You know what I mean? That's like if Mina, if when when they did Mina versus Saya at the All Star Grand Queendom, and like, ah, let's just put you know May Sakurai in there, and then Mina pins May Sakurai, and that's how we end the historic reign of Saya Kamatani. Um, <laughs> so I think if Azumi should lose this belt, she should lose it. But I think that yeah, Saki Kashim, and I understand you're kind of kind of protect Azumi. You already have some cracks in uh, Queen's Quest with Saya. And you, Tommy. So if she gets pinned here, you put another crack in there. But I think just think she's so talented that loss really wouldn't hurt her. But I think what's going to happen is Saki's going to pin Fukin Death. She's going to be a transitional champion, and probably within you know six to eight weeks' time, she's going to lose to uh, to May Sarah. I think that's what they're going to do. And uh, my pick on this one is the Saki to pin uh, Fukin Death. I think that's the way they're going to go. Yep, I'm the exact same there, brother. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. 
So you know what that means? Time limit drop. Absolutely. <laughs> Fuki can death for high speed champion. It's a multi woman, man. Like we've said this before. Um, yeah. <laughs> Goddess of Stardom tag team championships on the line. The new eras looking to make their second successful title defense. The team of Mariah and Amisori taking on the Awenatai team of Natsukatora and Momo Watanabe. Um, as good as Natsukatora and Momo are, and as good a chemistry as they showed on that one show that's been uploaded to Stardom World, I do think that the new eras are probably going to retain here. Yeah, it's kind of almost like a makeshift team of Momo and Tora. But again, like the little bit we've seen of them have been great. You know, they only had like a seven, eight minute match with Shiri and Konami uh, on the last pay-per-view, which was great. Again, I mentioned uh, a handful of minutes ago how great they are as a team in these multi-person tag matches. Um, so yeah, this is going to be, I think, an easy one to predict. I think Mariah and Ami retain, but I think it's going to be so good. You have four badass, hard-hitting women that all work very, very well together, and I'm super excited for the violence that this match is going to have. Um, yeah, and again, it's Momo Watanabe in a championship match. Yes, please. I think her and Mariah, the violence that the two of them are going to have, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Again, this is going to be a great match, but I highly doubt we're going to see new champions here. Yeah, I would be incredibly surprised. Don't get me wrong, you know, I'd love to see Tora with championship gold, especially after the way her Red Bell match with Utami ended. But yeah, I, just, I don't see it here. Though we are still, and it is worth pointing out, we are still without um, Mirai having cashed in that Cinderella dream. We still don't know what belt she is going for. So uh, it's worth keeping an eye on there. Um, in the semi-main event, at least as it is on the running order on Stardom, on the Stardom website, we have got Restart, the champions, the artist of Stardom champions, Kairi, um, Amisori, Amisori, Sayori Anu, Natsupoi, taking on the Barry, Barry Bombers team of Julia, uh, May Sakurai, and Tekla. Um, again, as good as this match is going to be, we're finally getting Kyrie and Julia in the same ring. Um, we're getting Natsupoy and Tekla again. We're getting Kyrie and May Sakurai in the battle of the diving elbow drops. Damn it. I literally had a note here that <laughs> I literally I have a note that we were talked about this to to rib Rob on May Sakurai teaching Kyrie how to do the elbow. Because there's no way <laughs> with all of the stories going into this match that you're gonna bring it up. And as always, partner, you read of my mind, brother. <laughs> imagine it, imagine the scenes. When her ladyship pins <laughs> the pirate princess's shoulders to the mat after delivering that utter, <laughs> utter shambles of an elbow drop. She should pin her like the Ultimate Warrior pin Randy Savage at WrestleMania 7 with the, putting the duster oh. jacket on and putting one foot on. She takes Kyrie's pirate hat, puts it on. And then pins her in the ring with one foot, and then they have to cart Kyrie out in a stretcher. <laughs> Absolutely, she's not seen for a year. Selling <laughs> the she injury. After we all got so excited, because she's like, "Yeah, I want to work way many more starter matches," and then we don't see her after a year. May Sakurai becomes the biggest heel in the history of stardom. <laughs> and then imagine when when Kyrie does eventually come back. It's like when Saki was facing Suri and was literally just <laughs> too scared to get in the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Don't 
let us book. <laughs> no, never let us book. But Kyrie's 100% pinning May Sakura here. Um, like, there's no chance Julie's eating the pin. I mean, they might have um, Tekla. They might have Tekla eat the pin, but I'm pretty sure May Sakura could eat the pin and then steal the microphone from the champions to deliver one of her promos. Um, either way, we start keeping the belt. Like yes, yeah, absolutely. So you think Kyrie is going to be the one doing the the pinning? It's not a lock, but she, I mean, just to be she, different, just to be different, who do you think is going to take the pin? Are are going to give the pin? I'm sorry. Yeah, Kyrie. Okay, I'm going to say Soria now, just to be different. Okay, I mean, to be fair, I'd... restart look like a badass team. Um, yeah, and. I'd quite like them to keep the belts for a bit. Gives Kyrie something to do, gets Kyrie on more shows, shows a little bit of unity in Cosmic Angels. We don't need two factions that are breaking up at the same time in Queen's Quest and Cosmic Angels, so just keep that unity um, with Natsupoy and Siori and Nu and just basically the entire Cosmic Angels having a belt. At least for now, because in our main event, we have the double championship match, the World of Stardom and Wonder of Stardom Championship match. Tam Nakano, the World of Stardom Champion. Don't know how I said world then, the world. Um, taking on <laughs> the Wonder of Stardom Champion, Mina Shirakawa, in a double championship match. Um, in the first time the red and white belt champions have faced off in a double championship match since Momo Watanabe and Kagetsu in 2018. So a little bit of a stat there for you. And that went to a time limit draw. So uh, make of that what you will. Um, Matt, I'm not going for a time limit draw here. What are you going for? Because I was going for something different. What are you going for? You pick first, sir. Double count out. I'm saying double knockout. Yeah. that I'm... I think a double knock, I think because obviously Tam hits hard, Mina hits hard. They're doing a great job building up the violence between the two. I think everybody thinks it's going to go to a 30-minute time limit draw. I don't know if the two of them can carry a match to 30 minutes. Um, we haven't seen Mina go 30 minutes. I know the Mayu-Tam match for the wipeout that went 30 minutes, it might have been a little bit too long and overstayed its welcome. Although it was a great match, don't get me wrong. But I even think that you wrote in your book about it. Maybe if it was a 25-minute match, it would have been better. Mm. You might be saying, Matt, I'm a first-time listener to this podcast. <laughs> what book are you talking about? And I'm talking about Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th anniversary in review by my good friend, Rob Goodwind. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe they do go to a 30-minute time which around the two of them can carry a match 30 minutes, and it's just fantastic, which I'd be happy for. But uh, I'm going to say the double knockout. However, I did have a few people uh, send me messages and questions asking, "Do you?" Uh, nobody expects uh, somebody to walk out with uh, with both belts. It, it would just be that's one thing Stardom doesn't do. Obviously, I know Mayu did it, you know, a handful of years ago. But these two ladies just won their respective titles. But some people were thinking, what about a disqualification where the match gets thrown out, where uh, the new aggressive DDM? come in and i'm like well that's a possibility however stardom really doesn't do that to end a pay-per-view however if they're going to do it i think it would be with a way to tie because even though the shows have not been uploaded yet from golden week there has been pictures of starlight kid on top of tam with holding the red belt and starlight kid choking mina out with the white belt or i might have that reversed but regardless 
they've been teasing Starlight Kid kind of beating up the red belt champion and taunting her with her own belt and with Mina with the white belt champion. So maybe that's an avenue they go down where Wedo Tai comes in and causes the double disqualification to uh, to build Starlight Kid up to maybe challenge for one of, if not both belts. I don't think anybody would be disappointed with Starlight Kid challenging Mina for the wonder and then somewhere down the line, Starlight Kid challenging Tam for the world, which you did say, partner, that uh, you thought Starlight Kid would be one of Tam's first feuds. So, you know, take that uh, with a grain of salt. It's a possibility they can go down but I'm going to say this one ends in a double KO. I'd be surprised if they throw any sort of shenanigans in there like that, simply because it's not a divisive main event as such, but with the finish being so telegraphed and you do run the risk of it being hitting a bit like a wet fart, for lack of a better word, um, to then have the pay-per-view end with a weather tie interference I think would send people home pretty unhappy. I do like the idea of the double knockout. Um, Obviously, Mina is going to be extremely motivated um, because it's been said that her father's going to be in the crowd for this this show. Um, He was against her being a pro wrestler and, you know, she wants to prove to him that, you know, that she is good at what she does and to show him how far she's come. I think for her then to be pinned clean would be... uh, would be a little bit of a kick in the teeth. I don't think either woman loses their belt, as I've already said. I think if, you know, there's so much animosity in history between these two, you can fuel a double knockout, you can fuel a double countout by literally them just hitting each other too hard. Um, And if you did do something along the lines of a um, Suri and Utami sort of finish where they literally just beat each other until they can't get up, I feel like that would be more cathartic than going the 30 minute time. Because you make a very, very good point. Mina's never gone 30 minutes before. And even though she has hugely improved, you know, it's an untested entity. How well would she be able to do that? Tam doesn't have the greatest record when going 30 minutes. Um, So it'd be interesting to see it go maybe 27, you know, I know that's still only three minutes, but, you know, 25 maybe. And then the double knockout or the double count out as they're both KO'd on the outside. Something like that. Either way, this is a draw. It'll just be a case of how they do the draw without it feeling like a disappointing finish to the pay-per-view. I feel like that's the big thing. Not the result, though, again, we did say this at the start, at the end of the last pay-per-view when we said that Tam's definitely not winning and then, Tam ended up winning. So I'm intrigued to know what they're going to do here or how they're going to manufacture it so it's not disappointing. To be fair, the last pay-per-view, Rob, was Mina and Natsupo, and we both had Mina winning. So we're on a hot streak, buddy. We got that main event right. So we're we're going into this one with some, some momentum. Um, stardom doesn't, even though if you may not like who comes out on top, if your favorite wrestler, you know, loses in the main event, they usually deliver a pretty satisfying main event and a booking decision that makes really, really good sense. So I'm interested to see how they're going to kind of get out of this one. Again, I understand why they did it. Both these ladies are super, super hot at the moment. Uh, again, coming off the biggest show in stardom history, arguably the two, you know, biggest MVPs of that show. Um, so, again, it makes sense 
yeah, it's going to be interesting. Starvin's booking has been, you know, pretty rock solid the last two and a half, three years. So it's interesting to see, you know, they kind of booked themselves in a corner. But again, Rossi Ogawa and the Stardom Brass would have not have booked this match if they did not have a pretty airtight, sealed uh, plan to finish it. So I'm really interested to see how this one's going to end. And uh, But the match, I mean, let's, uh, obviously we talked about the champion versus champion, how it's going to end, interference. Let's get it out of the way. This is going to be, you know, uh, absolute barn burner, hard hitting, head dropping, you know, great psychology, great building of a match. This match is going to be fantastic. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. The emotion is certainly going to be running high in this match. And that's what it needs to be. If you have got a, a drawer of some description, you need to feel like it's earned. You don't just want your standard bog standard match and then it going to a double knockout. If you're doing something like that, it needs to be ferocious. It needs to have so much visceral anger behind it. So we'll see how that goes. I am intrigued to see how they get out of this booking corner they've put themselves in. Final question, Matt. Obviously, this is going to be at Otaward City Gymnasium in Tokyo. The last time Stardom ran flashing champions at the venue, they drew 1,871 people. One word under or over that for the 2023 flashing champions. That's a big number, but I'm going to say over. Uh, two reasons why. Again, Stardom is red hot, especially coming off the, uh, the giant pay-per-view. And uh, two, from what I understand, is... Uh, the people at Bushi Road, the brass at Bushi Road are super, super high on Tamish Champion. From what I understand is the Golden Week. They sold a ton of merchandise and a ton of tickets. And uh, they said a lot of it has to do with who's on top. And that would be one Tam Nakano, which we'll get into uh, the drive Tam Nakano for the Stardom cast uh, in just, uh, just a few seconds as I go to close out the show. So I'm going to say they do over uh, 1,800 people. Okay. I... I'm, do you know what? I'm going to be confident. I reckon they do just over 2,000. Shade over 2,000, maybe 2,050, something like that. Um, there we go. The tickets at the moment, there's no huge movement. You know, there's I think there's only two sections that are sold out, the VIP um, front row and the family stand. So we'll see what the ticket sales are like a little bit close to the time. I know that we're still three days away, so tickets can move. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm quietly confident we'll see them. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of this episode. Matt, a relatively svelte episode, and I say that it's one minute for it's one hour forty, so we've still managed to exceed an hour and a half, and I don't know how. Um, but there we are. Thank you everyone for listening. We massively, massively appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are everywhere: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music. We are literally everywhere. Um. It really, really helps us out. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, it just helps us get exposed to a few more people um, and just basically gets the podcast out to more people. Thank you to everyone over at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. Your support's been invaluable. Um, we, uh, we outlined at the start of the show just how much we've got coming your way over the months of May and June. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can for as little as a dollar a month. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter or social media, it's at the Stardom Cast. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Check out the website www.thestardomcast.com. Matt, plug your stuff and sign us off, good friend. 
Absolutely. I just mentioned about a minute ago that uh, one Tam Nakano is starting to be a big draw for here at, at the Stardom Cast. And what I mean by that is the uh, logo number, I think seven or eight for us, I just put on social media and is Red Belt Champion Tam Nakano. As soon as I put that up, I had many messages asking when that will be a sticker and or a t-shirt. The stickers are ordered uh, as soon as they come in. I'll just make sure the quality of the stickers are good. And then I will put up a pricing and uh, we will go from there. And then once the shirts are available on the website, I will definitely let everybody know. So again, appreciate the support. Super excited to see all the uh, fancy merch that comes out from the uh, Cosmic Angel herself, one Tam Nakano. Um, any questions, comments, folks, hit me up on uh, Twitter and or the Instagram at Matt Turner OF is the best way to get a hold of me there. Social media is not your thing, or would you rather send an email? By all means, the stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via the email. Folks, as always, we cannot say thank you enough. Really appreciate the support and the love that you've shown from the show. We could not do this without you. It's like I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together, and everybody's different. Everybody's special. 